Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. I'm trying a new high energy thing to match the music for once. <laughs> we'll see how it goes because we're not actually listening to the music. This is our Christmas episode. It's not a Christmas episode. Yes. It came we, up we on us quickly. Uh, we didn't have it in a still Christmas episode, I think. No, Maybe. no. Yeah. This is fake. They're, they're, people keep saying Christmas isn't cancelled this year, but I'm going to take it upon myself to personally cancel Christmas just to alleviate the pressure from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So if I do it, it means nobody else has to do it. So um, I think what we should do is we should do a Christmas episode when we all get vaccinated mm-hmm. in the middle of summer. We should have a yeah. we should have a Christmas episode, just not in December, you know? Yeah, you know, because this episode is going to come out on Christmas Eve. Oh my God, and isn't it? nobody listens to podcasts on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So by the time you actually get to listen to this, you'll be over Christmas. Yeah, you'll be done. So, you'll be full of turkey and not coronavirus because you will have all appropriately stayed away from mm-hmm. other people, I assume. Um, you'll be well fed and, and cozy and full of the spirit and safe and, you know, um, minded. So we don't have to do festive things. Like last year's Christmas episode was really, really joyful. We've had a couple of real bangers, you know, we've had some lovely Christmas episodes in the past, but I, I think we owe ourselves um, a Christmas episode when we can get all of the extended juvenilia Care Bear cousins into a room together with loads of sweets and maybe some wine and, you know, there not be any major risk of anybody getting a mm-hmm. life-threatening disease. Maybe some kind of inappropriate anchor story about piss. Yeah, we just the whole thing around, like the pissing. Yeah, do you have any mm-hmm. Christmas special twenty twenty? Yeah, return so what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, sorry, go on. I said, I said, return of the gen. <laughs> return of the gen. Um, so what we're going to talk about today, I, it is something that captures that cozy, safe feeling because it's probably something you watched. I well, I would have watched it. Um, I was I had a TV in my room, so I would have watched it like in bed Whoa, every Saturday okay. morning. Yeah, but, yeah. Or but it's like a sitting room, curtains down, bowl of cereal kind of I'll thing. I'll fair asleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess because of the slight difference in our ages, you're gonna talk about SMTV Live and I'm gonna talk about live and kicking and going live. Yeah. So I guess where will we start? You start because it was kind of your topic, so you start. Well yeah, I found I don't know what started me thinking about it this week. I guess I've been sort of hunting around for various magazines and magazine covers for mm. Um, zine stuff and so much of the work that I do is rooted in that like (laughs) 90s paper ephemera is a really respectable way of being like the shit they don't make anymore because it was bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know uh, I'm currently sitting at a coffee table staring at an empty Toblerone tin full of pogs so jealous that sounds like the past only one slammer though out of the 300 pogs which is like criminal um so i was i'm kind of trudging through the nostalgia mines a little bit in a in a very deliberate way um because of the the visual nature of that stuff and the the a lot of these shows would have had spin-off magazines or the way the screen was laid out or the studios were designed you you simply do not see things presented in that way anymore what led me specifically to smtv was i was looking for a show actually if any of our listeners know what this is you know where we are um because i couldn't find it i was looking for so do you remember how on itv in the afternoon there was you know citv the children's kind of Mm. 
like set in the middle of the day for around the time kids came home from school. Yeah. And between the shows, there were links, which were set in a studio, kind of like how the den worked, right? Mm. Where you would go back to after watching fucking Dennis Menace or whatever to a studio where there would be some sort of a fiction being played out. So the den is a, is a work of fiction, if you will. Like Ray Darcy lives in a den with two space aliens, a dog, a pig, fucking a panda, whatever, Podge and Roger, you know, there is a, a fictional landscape there. So CITV had a couple of these over the years, like Nickelodeon would have had them as well, like a studio. Yeah. We assume all the tele- all the shows are coming from. So the one from CITV that I'm always thinking about, and it's such a foggy, weird memory for me, and I cannot, I don't know what it's called. I can't even make the hosts. I have the vaguest memories, but it was set on a spaceship. Like you would go from the TV show into the spaceship, spaceship like i mean it's a silver room with like a portal in the background where you where there's like a black piece of velvet and some lights you know mm. a very cheaply put together spaceship and then those pulpits and the human who interacts with them and then it goes back to the tv shows like it was a link mm. i really want to see it <laughs> i really really want to look at it because i think i've gotten to a point now where i have finally tracked down all of the half remembered weird tv shows that I think of. Like, I, I fucking, I was haunted for my life by a television show that I did not know until last year was called The Rimini Riddle, starring Tara Flynn. Yep. Terrifying show. Our lovely pal, Tara Flynn, friend mm-hmm. of my life, friend of our show, absolutely terrifying. Got deep inside my heart. Now, thankfully, none of it is available to watch online because I would be out there re-traumatizing myself. But I... <laughs> found it right I, I would have nightmares about the show as an adult and i found the name of the show and was able to look at it and go okay that was real also tara was in it what the book mm-hmm. um i want to find out what this spaceship show is the link on citv and these things would have only ever existed for you know a year at a time like very low budge they weren't the kind of thing often that was worth archiving so i was on this big citv quest when i came upon something which had just completely disappeared from my memory which was smtv life and um, that's a very long way into the SMTV <laughs> but here we are and um, I watched a lot of TV as a kid Alan. I don't know about you oh me too yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like TV in my room so yeah I got a TV in my room after my holy confirmation well I kind of mm. technically had a television in my room when I was a small child but it didn't have TV it was just for the Nintendo 64 yeah I got one for I got a Commodore 64 for Christmas and I was 6 and I got a, t- a small TV with that and then like a year or two later they added the channels to it that's it. It's so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. My TV in my room when I was little, well, my room, we had an extension built onto the side of the house. So my room was sort of the storage room. So there was my sister's old cot, like there was no floor space, but between the sofa and my sister's old cot in the corner, there was a television that my auntie Paula had gotten rid of, which you kind of had to hold down the button on for about 60 seconds and you had to listen to it whirring up, like making a pitch noise. Like it was a fire hazard, but it was my mm-hmm. fire hazard <laughs> that I played Mario on. Um, and it was big as well. It was a big telly. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, on Saturday mornings would, every morning, would watch SMTV Live. Hmm. Um, and now I did watch Live and Kicking as well, which is a bit earlier. But SMTV Live was fucking chaotic, massively chaotic TV show. Um, a studio uh, environment with a live audience. And it was, I mean, studio is sort of a really generous way of putting it. Again, it was sort of like a large warehouse with a mezzanine and a floor area where pop bands would play. And 
various little pockets where sketches would be acted out by a young Anton Deck and Cat Deal. And the three of them sort of hosted their way through Saturday morning where we would get to watch various cartoons over the over the morning. They would do phone-in competitions, which were inevitably just a mess. Like, they were just a mess. Um, they would do weird little sketches and play games. And then whatever pop band was hovering around at that time would be involved in the sketches, games, and performances. Mm. So it was a variety hour. It was like a morning variety show every every week but it also had this tremendous sense of chaos about it mm. like it was loosely fucking scripted shit went wrong constantly the hosts were all in their early 20s they were little babies and could barely look at each other half the time they pissing themselves laughing the energy was lovely it was really really lovely um so looking for an unnameable weird link in citv led me back to smtv Mm-hmm. Um, you're only a couple of years older than me, though, all right. But I guess those are a really important couple of years, aren't they? It is because I was because I, I the one or two times I saw SNTV, I was like, oh, this is really good. This mm. is really really funny. But it started when I was fourteen, right. so I was just I just aged out alive and kicking, and then the years when it was like part of the conversation kind of was when I had a part time job and was working every Saturday. So I just was whenever it was on, I was getting ready for work or already in my part-time job. So it's just, and it's just, I worked in that part-time job for six years and it's like the exact six years SMG oh, Live was on. So it's just a yes. blank for me, really. I've seen Chums like once. I had... But it was good. I, I liked it. It was yeah. very funny. I I think a lot of it was lost on me as a kid because I'm what, you're, you're what age again? 36. Yeah, so you're four yeah. years older than me. So I would have mm-hmm. been 10. Like, yeah. So I was exactly kind of the right age, but also the wrong age because a lot of that shit would have gone over my head. You didn't watch Friends, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. Well, Chums was lost on me. Mm-hmm. I would have totally zoned out. I didn't like the institute. I was honestly largely watching it because they had fucking Pokemon, Cardcaptors, Digimon, like all my mm-hmm. weird weeb bullshit was on in this segment. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. I had no interest in music whatsoever. You know, so I was just watching it for the cartoons and I was the Mm. perfect age and sometimes for the games because I liked television shows when I was a kid that were games. I liked Live and Kicking for that as well because I know they had lots of installments that were games too. Um, Oh, the ones where like the presenter would have a keyboard on their lap that you couldn't see and a kid would be going left, right, right to get like a carrot. Yeah, yeah. That's my calm zone. That's (laughs) I don't know what it is, man. It's like... I feel like everyone has some sort of a like deeply coded uh, into them Zen mm. space, like the opposite of a, of a, of a, of a trauma trigger. This is like a bliss trigger. Mm-hmm. That's how, for me, man, it's just people gently instructing each other to walk through a fictional dungeon space or a fictional, like oh, I yeah. love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, so I would have missed, I, I guess going back this week and watching loads of SMTV, I was having all these mad, like just whiplash memories. Like mm-hmm. um, Natasha Hodginson, who we should have on the show, I feel like she's pretty smart. Oh, yeah, she'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really sound. Um, and she tweeted uh, something that was in every episode of Chums to me that I had just, just dropped out of my brain permanently. And I went back and I watched those episodes of Chums and I just felt like I was like, uh, it was bizarre how intense the nostalgia was. It was just like, mm. I've seen all of this. Yeah. I would never think about it. Oh yeah, and I was reading back about Live Caking today and 
I, I literally there's they had two le- pop-up leprechauns called Sage and Onion. I remember them. I have not thought about Sage and Onion since 1997, but I can see them exactly in my head right now. Yeah, yeah, they never go away. Nuts. Yeah, um, and Trevor and Simon, who when as when I was like a young teen slash tween, were the greatest comic geniuses of all time. They were like. Probably maybe my introduction to weirdo comedy was probably Trevor and Simon. Yeah. And when I looked, was reading about them today, they were actually they hired specifically. Yeah, exactly. But they were hired specifically uh, for Going Live, which was the precursor to Live and Kicking. The alternative comedy boom happened in England in the 80s. And they were like, we need a kid's version of the alternative comedy boom. And they had done a show in Edinburgh and it was specifically advertised as no racist jokes, no sexist jokes. And they were like, we should get Trevor and Simon who are sketches. Unbelievable. So that's where they came from. Yeah. And they were, they were across going live and live and kicking and they had actual catchphrases that I completely forgot about. They had one sketch that was set in a laundrette and they had to have the celebrity on the show come in and bring in their washing to them to talk about and they would do like riffs oh. on the washing. Yeah. But the one thing was they don't do duvets and the celebrity was also, would always eventually have a duvet with them and they would just freak out on him screaming we don't do duvets. That's brilliant. That's be- so I can good. hear that. I can hear yeah. that. Yeah. They also had a section where there were two folk singers and they would do like folk, like these really bad folk versions of popular songs, but with the, the acts who were on Live and Kicking that day yeah. or whatever celebrity was hanging around. I found a clip of them singing with Barbara Windsor today, R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. Babs, what a queen. Like, yeah. yeah. And, but they would interview them as well in character. And they, this, I was watching the, like a montage or not a montage, a, like a compilation today. And I actually laughed, like seriously pissed myself with this. They introduced, they had Kylie Minogue. And, but the Kyron underneath was one of the Pogues. Oh no. Like we have with us, one of the Pogues. Oh, <laughs> Which is an amazing joke. It's so good. It's so good. It's not far from that exact thing that you get to Simon Amstel doing, there's a Ooh. rat in McCutcheon, what am I going to do? Which is the finest thing that has ever happened. You know what I'm talking about, right? Which one? I would just Bob remind World. the Marty, Marty McCutcheon, McCutcheon one. Yeah, have you seen this? I haven't seen that specific one. No, Alan. Oh my god, they get okay. Martin McCutcheon on and they decide to play an in studio game with her where he's built a full effigy of her like a scarecrow <laughs> stuffed with paper rats and she has to find them all. And it was called There's a Rat in McCutcheon. What am I gonna do? <laughs> And it, Alan, like nobody knows what to do. It's, it's incredible. Like it mm-hmm. is just, just raw chaos, you know? I can't. Oh, there's definitely, because he started a Nickelodeon as one of those yeah, people. Yeah, I remember so Nickelodeon actually. Yeah, yeah. So there's a link from there all the way up to like, never mind the Buzzcocks, which is oh, just, probably the greatest panel man. show run ever. So until James Acaster started doing panel shows. Simon Amstel and James Acaster are the heroes of panel shows. See, I'm, I'm, I watched Buzzcocks way too young and shooting stars so mm. I'm like a fucking small child watching shooting stars and just having my brain completely bent out of shape so I just can't yeah. look Matt Lucas so I'm just like he's a baby like it just yeah. can't like mm-hmm. broke brain forever um, it's so because you're you watch Matt Lucas now you're like you used to be so weird you used to be so weird so weird like yeah but was no like the mighty boosh was fucking nuts man oh yeah Mm. Like I love my, I would see them live. I adored them. I saw them two nights in a row live. In Ew. 
Yeah, um, no, I'm full on whoosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what a different time. Like, I mm. just lo- I loved it, you know? Mm. So whenever I look at it, like, and I can still see Noel in what he does now, but what he does now mm. is, like, a benevolent art teacher, as opposed yeah. to he is probably on ketamine and has no circulation in his legs from wearing women's Topshop jeans mm-hmm. that are three sizes too small for him, you know? Yeah. Like, he... um he he grew up and it was spooky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least he still got a bit of something else. Whereas Matt Lucas didn't kind of retain the the lightness or something. There's something off or off. Yeah, because when he went through Little Britain, that him and David Williams kind of both came out of Little Britain very different how they went in. Yeah, like no chaos. They, there's no chaos in Matt Lucas anymore. No, but they they had an, a a show that was supposed to run parallels to Little Britain called Rock Profiles. Do you remember that? No, no, no. So it was. Their plan was to alternate a season each of Rock Profiles in Little Britain, and Little Britain just exploded, so they never went back to Rock Profiles. But every week they would play a different band, and Jamie Teakson, actual Jamie Teakson, Jamie like, Teakson. Yeah, would yeah. interview them. Unbelievable. So they would be they would be like Simon and Garfunkel, or um, who else were they? They were Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. Oh, great. Where David yeah. Williams was Annie Lennox, and he played her as like uh, an android and stuff who was obsessed oh, with Jamie Teakson. Oh, brilliant. And that came from, ugh, I'm going so... I have this is all in my head. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. out after Live Kicking, Jamie Teeks and Zoe Ball had a show on Channel Four called The Priory, which has essentially been scrubbed from history. Yeah. It was like just like a chat show with celebs. It was kind of, it was actually a proto Graham Norton thing where they have they'd have them all on the couch at the same time. Right. Okay. But Matt Lucas, Dave Williams used to come out in character and just be anarchic in it. So they would come oh. out as like the two guys who don't really sing in six. And they would just be very happy to be there as a two. Oh, not from six, sorry, from from hearsay. Oh, they would come out as as two of hearsay and just sit there with all the real celebs, just chatting away with them. And it's that weird live anarchy that makes all these things. And like, I can't, I can't tolerate Williams. I think he's like, I just think he's not a good one um, Mm. in the big picture thing. Um, Does not make the world a better place. Um, Mm -hmm. Lucas, though, because I see him now in this sort of dampened down version of himself, it just makes me mourn that chaos of fucking shooting stars. And Buzzcocks was Buzzcocks. Like, you see, I watched Buzzcocks so young that I loved Mark Lamar. Mm. Now, I'm sure Mark Lamar is a terrible person as well. I don't know anything about him. I don't keep up with... um, I find it really I hard. I think he's book. good, actually. Is he good? I think he, because he stopped t- doing television after Buzzcocks. He was like, I don't want to do television. Oh. Buzzcocks has made me mean, so I'm going to stop doing Buzzcocks. He was mean. He like, was so he was mean. Was yeah, yeah. So mean. Mm. Like, he terrible shit. And uh, I loved it when I was a kid. Like, mm. I just thought it was so funny and... Um, when Amstel came on, I was like, he's from Nickelodeon. I don't like him. So I still have this weird aversion to Simon Amstel where I'm just like, oh, I just can't look at him. He's like, I just don't, I don't get him, you know, because I'm still in the Mark Lamar period mm. of Buzzcocks, which apparently I never left. Um, yeah. But Bill Bailey felt the same. Really? Did he? Bill Bailey didn't like how the show changed when Simon Amstel oh, came on. That's why he left. Bill Bailey. Which put me off Bill Bailey for a while, but I love him again now because it's Strictly. So I have, didn't watch Strictly, but I saw a clip from on Strictly absolutely killing it. Oh he's my so, God. He's genuinely very, very good. 
Harry, of course he is. He's a mm. genius. He's one of these people who's just like, he's a polyglot. He mm. is musically, like his ear is perfect. So of course he can dance. I'm thrilled. I feel like he's, this is might be very unfair to every other Strictly contestant, but I feel like he might be the like, most professionally accomplished in his field yes. going into Strictly person yeah. they've ever had. And because he's like a world-class like legend, legendary stand-up. Like, yeah, but he's I've also seen an him. academic as well. Like he's loving yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So... And it makes you, the way he's applied himself to Strictly makes you realise how much work he must put into everything else and therefore how much work you need to do to be at a Bill Bailey level. Yeah. Which you don't get to see. You don't get to see someone at that level applying themselves to something new from scratch, really, ever. That's a really good point. And that's so, really, I guess, what they really hope to do with shows like Strictly, isn't it? To mm, show growth, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of times they'll have someone who's a very good dancer but because they went to stage school. And yeah. audiences know, they can tell when someone's been through a stage school. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. I feel like I've got a radar for that shit. Every so often in my adulthood, mm. I meet somebody and like, instead of being like, are you a Capricorn? I'm like, are you Billy Barry kid? <laughs> like, yeah. like when Denise me? Van Outen was on, she was like, I'm, I've never danced to Rick. You were in Chicago, Denise. Oh, oh, Denise Van Outen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw her in Chicago. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Arse, you've never danced to get away from yeah. I actually had to look up what Kat Dealey was doing now. Because mm. I might actually look her up again because I looked her up on Twitter and I was like, maybe Twitter is the wrong place to look her up. Maybe Instagram would be the right place to look up Kat Dealey. Yeah. Um, but she was fab and also a tiny baby on SMTV. Like she yeah. literally like a little like teen herself. She was gorgeous. And she played really, really well against Anton Deck, who obviously mm. have gone on and remained this bizarro TV fixture mm. almost into history. Like they, they remain Anton Deck somehow mm. uh, they've carried work. ITV on their backs for like 20 years essentially yeah you know and so, I'll through thick or thin okay Kat Dealey has 274,000 followers on Instagram and her bio says proud mama presenter author sister daughter crazy auntie champagne loving godmother Aww. and she's put up some pictures of them all together look at that one there can you see them oh yeah little babies but I believe yeah. they're coming back on New Year's Day to do an SMTV reunion. Mm. So we've timed this very well. Yeah. Yeah. She um, looks really, really different though. I think it's one of those things where like I think I don't know, man. She presented a lot of reality shows. Like she did um So You Think You Can Dance on BBC. Yeah, the vibe and, is very that. Yeah, and also uh, the American version. So you think she might have presented um X Factor or American Idol or something like that. Oh, she might She have. was like secretly uh, everywhere in america for a while but not in a way that you would notice over here because it was all shows that only aired over there very clever that's I've right i've been in america and turned on tv and seen cat tv and i was like what are you doing there yeah, yeah. TV. weird yeah yeah she's very her face is very narrow like she she doesn't look at all like how she used to but like mm. i guess she was like her and anton deck were like little kids do you know yeah. so of course she doesn't look the same um she was a baby and it's amazing that those kind of jobs were like <laughs> i'm always thinking about it like such fucking work hat on those kind of jobs are available to people who were so young back then you mm. know? like imagine being like what was she she must have been like 20 and getting to host such a massive saturday morning tv show like what? i've always found it so opaque how you become a presenter you know because i can understand that people like go from like stand up into stuff but it's tends to be djs i don't but i don't think she was a dj first no i like, don't think so. let's, yeah. let's, give her, let's give her a quick wikipedia here um ah yeah she is gorgeous real tousled um beep boop in 1998 2002 she hosted 
SMTV Live and CD UK. Um, so in 1998, she would have been fuck off. So she's born in 1976. Um, 1998. So what age does that make her? 22. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. All I did, like, I was like living in Galway and eating nothing but fucking packets of amber leaf. When I, was I was just trying to make my band happen. Yeah. Oh my God. Living like, with two of the three other members. Fun well, times. Yeah. And she was... Presenting the biggest kid show in the world. Yeah. yeah. And brilliantly, like she offset yeah. that deck energy really, really well. Mm. She, um, she and they always seemed like they were having so much fun. And that's mm. the... That I think it's a difference, even though we've kind of we are going through like talking about buzzcocks and shooting stars and that chaos that you were allowed to have, like that yeah. you were trying to capture, as opposed to trying to capture that organic chaos now with reality television. People are trying to capture pain and drama and like discord, as mm. opposed to inciting an environment where adults can just kind of play with each other and see what happens. And um, somebody linked me on Twitter. Exactly. Sorry, Sarah, are you touching your mic? Oh, oh, am I? Am I? Am I gone? No, you just there was like rubbing sounds. Uh oh, probably it was just like gently caressing my laptop. How about now? Yeah, it's picking it all up. Yeah, yeah. All good. Uh, yeah. Cool. I'll put a little so we can find where that was and dip it in. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so I was, uh, yeah, somebody on Twitter, and if you're listening, thank you so much. Linked me to a video of a call-in show because they used to have the wonky donkey, which was the. Mm guessing game every week which always had like a hilarious sort of very 90s children's dream prize like a night over in a toy shop where you can buy whatever you want like this kind of fucking home alone shit Mm. um and whichever week this was this is like the third week running and no one had been able to guess what the creature was and anton decker finished man anton decker like okay we're giving this away today i don't Mm -hmm. care like one of you is four of you on the line one of you is going to get this, right? Mm-hmm. First kid, not a chance. Second kid, you can hear his mom talking in the background and aunt is just like, is that your mother? Your mother's stupid and you're stupid. You're both <laughs> stupid. Then one of the ones, he, he like slaps the camera so it like swings out the other way. Like they are losing their temper. But you know when you're losing your temper and also laughing? Mm-hmm. That really rare sweet spot of just losing your mind from like abject, like total satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and like not satisfaction, frustration and um, being entertained by it. Like I, I know that feeling and I just don't get it often enough at all where you're just like, fuck's sake but it's hilarious um eventually none of the four kids get it joe from s club seven comes along <laughs> to pick <laughs> one of the names out of a hat to win it <laughs> s club seven um and the it, so it was like a it was a bee with like pink fluff and pink like in a pink dress basically mm. And everyone, everyone line was like, it's a pretty bee, it's a girly bee. And Anton and Decker just like, it has to rhyme. It has to rhyme. Do these two words rhyme? No, they don't. What is wrong with you? Like, no, these are not being gentle to the children. Mm-hmm. Bee was the answer. And watching them scream, Tweeby, it was Tweeby. Like three weeks of listening to children fail this incredibly basic challenge. They weren't even trying mm-hmm. to be soft. It's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. um, and I just can't think of a situation in which that would be permitted at this point in history. Like no. It's over. Like you just can't call yeah. it stupid. 
life. <laughs> no, you absolutely cannot. <laughs> you, re- you, you really shouldn't call a child mm. stupid. But I feel as though in the context that we are dealing with, it's uh, pretty appro- it's, it was pretty funny, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, man, it, was, it just felt very loosey-goosey and very sort of... Um, I just don't understand why we can't still make things like that where... Well, I guess we can with podcasts and YouTube and shit, but like... Mm. But yeah, like for a general audience, it's not really allowed. It's, but it was, um, the audience was so general. Back then. Mm. I always found Live and Kicking a bit more serious than SMTV. Like well, I was just thinking about that, right? So how long... What time was SMTV on from? How, like how long of this period? Was like a two-hour show or...? Let's get the facts. Let's see. SMTV Live. Um, beep, boop. Loads of facts. It was two hour time slot. Okay, because so, Live and Kicking was like three and a half hours. Fuck, okay. You, just, you start at like half eight, nine o'clock and finish at midday or just after yeah. midday. And I think it aged as it went on into, into the morning. So it would start and it would have like the games and Rugrats or Clar- Clarissa. And then they would introduce the sketches and then the bands would come on and they'd have, near the end of the day, they'd have like the Agony Ant and like the proper celebrity interview. Right, it would add us up a little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and by the end of it, I've, very rarely watched all three hours of it. Well, yeah, no, you just, it's you just on. You drop in and out. I wouldn't say yeah. that I watched it. I would say that it was on. Mm. It was present in my home. So going back and watching it on YouTube, it was like spooky because it was like mm. inspecting a chair that had always been in your house in great detail. Yeah. You're like, I know that that chair is there. And then you go and you're like, I didn't know it had these patterns. It has a pocket. What is this? Mm. You know, like you remember snatches of it. Um, I'm just looking at the list of stupid games they used to play like they had one they had one sketch that they used to do called m M&M and emmerdale which was about uh emmerdale but m M&M lived there um <laughs> like i don't know how this made it onto a stage but everyone mm. seemed to be just having so much fun they had a post bag every week that they used to play the the oh yes wait a minute mr postman song mm. right and i heard that song there before i heard it anywhere else mm. so i will always have Aunt Deck and Kat Dealey dancing to that in the back of my head. Yeah. Forever. Like they had, they got, used to get everyone in to dance to it. Um, it felt, it made it feel as though television or making television or making entertainment was fun mm. in a way that as adults who work in and around the media, we all know that it very seldom actually is. Yeah. And they, it's, they make it look so easy and, you don't realise how hard what they're doing is till you see someone not do it very well. Jesus Christ. There was um, an RT show recently and I only saw the ad for it, but even from the ad, it was like, this person's energy is wrong for the show they're trying to host, you know? And I think that's why, comics are, that's why comics are so good at it. Comedians, mm. because they're used to keep, they're used to energy work. I wouldn't even say jokes. Like, yeah. Comedians are good at jokes, but I would say energy work is actually what mm. you need to be doing. You need to manage your room's humour. And then bring that all the way out into, like, that's why people always, when they talk about, say, Pat Kenny on The Late Late, they talk about him as a fucking stiff. Because, mm. yes, he was very polite and a good interviewer, but he didn't have any of the thing, you know. Mm. And SMTV and Live and Kicking, in a different way, had all of the thing, you know. Like, Zoe Ball and fucking Jamie Teakson, my God. 
like I watched a sec a segment of Jane Peterson and Mr. Blobby. Um I found it because I was looking for Mr. Blobby videos. I made myself cry so hard that I was uh I wasn't really able to breathe like watching videos of Mr. Blobby two nights mm-hmm. ago. Like just broke myself in half. Um, no Edmonds told him he wasn't allowed to go to America with them and he stomped up the stairs and then had a tantrum and started turning the lights on the stage on and off. And it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm going to utilize turning lights on and off <laughs> as, an, as an argument tactic from now on. Like that's just uh, top notch. Um, but uh, Jamie Deakson was trying to ring a competition winner and just rang the, like the, just nobody would answer the phone on any of the lines. So he was left there for three minutes on live TV with Mr. Blobby in the background. It's just kind of mincing around dangerously mm-hmm. and just having to keep the energy somehow going well, nobody picked up the phone and nothing yeah. in the segment happened and he did it and it was entertaining and it was fine. Mm. No weird flat silences, no panicking, just like expressions of frustration, which didn't border into weird, you know, mm. but I, again, I, I think these people are magicians. I couldn't fucking do it. Um, no. Especially these, live uh, in front of kids. Like it's terrifying. Kids? Absolutely not. Yeah. I've done, I've taught groups of kids and I've worked mm. with classrooms, but like you're, you're a tightrope walker. Absolutely. Mm. I don't I, I don't think I can do it much anymore because I just Oh, like it's too risky. But at that scale, like all it's not even just the kids in the studio, it's the kids who are watching, like it's mm. huge. And it's so like Lime Kicking actually had a load of presenters, but Jamie Teeks and Zoe Ball are kind of the center. They were, yeah, they were the the middle three years where it was biggest. Andy Peters and Emma Forbes started. Yeah, yeah. They were also very, very good. But they mm. won't they both decided to leave at the same time, I think, for different oh. reasons. But um, but then they had like a series of percentage after that. Not SMTV had started by the time Zoe Ball and Jamie Teeks left, and it obviously was weirder and funnier, and fresher and shorter. Also, yeah. So it just kind of ate lime kicking shit essentially. It really did. Yeah. Sweeped in, like I, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things where it's funny how the texts that inform you and the things you want to do are often just the wallpaper. Mm. You know, it was just on. Like, But like the ones who did well in that environment, they all have careers still. Philip Schofield. Oh yeah. Zoe Ball, Jamie Teakson. Jamie Teakson's like an award-winning breakfast DJ now. Yeah, yeah. He's he has still like one of the biggest shows in the world or in, in Britain. Um, At and Deck, obviously, he's still huge. Kathy yeah, Lee huge. seems to be doing well. Yeah, she's doing great. Hotel. Yeah. Um, Hallowed halls, yeah. you know. Yeah, if you can, if you can make that work for you, then you can do anything. I think yeah. it's a shame that people feel that if they have to move on from kids' TV, that it's always a stepping stone. Yeah, it really is. Isn't like it? if you go back to the new Den episodes, I was like, I have not enjoyed Ray Darcy this much since he was on the Den originally. He is, he does not deal well with a lack of danger. I think, but when he everything's happening, he's a, he works very very well under pressure and on RT1 at half two on a Wednesday there is no pressure whatsoever you know yeah. with, yeah. with Zig and Zag like, around yeah the Zig Zag Dustin Saki cocktail mm. he's being consistently antagonised mm. and some people dynamically do really well when they are just batting off you're right it's like thriving in danger thriving mm. in chaos and I don't think TV is that anymore. 
No, it's really not. I don't know if people want it though. Like, is the audience there for it? People hate people more now, I guess, and mm. have a more have instead of just my mom. You know, no, knowing that my mom or my my nana or whoever were frustrated with who was on the television or like picking up ancillary likes and dislikes of TV hosts. Now all we have mm. to do is log on to see, like, just streams of hatred. You know, like it's a riskier job being a TV mm. presenter now because there's proof that people like you or don't like you. You know, mm. like back in SNTV live days, there was nobody was fucking live tweeting along. You know, nobody was expressing how no parents who were probably a bit exhausted of Ant and Dec screaming at each other like there was no way to record mm. that but riskier choices were made do you know I actually have a little bit of personal experience in this because I wrote the music for mm-hmm. a kids show in, with RTE yeah. uh, called The Rumor Room which is yeah. kind of like half five on network two and when the show started it was real weird so they had um Stratton Regan and Sinead Kennedy, who hosts Winning Street now, wow, were the main hosts. Stephen Byrne, who's two of them DJ now, was there. He was like, he was the elevator operator for yeah. the room. Uh, Dermot Ward from um, Try Videos. Yeah, Dermot. Yeah, yeah. He was in there doing sketches. They also had um, Sahara Lee, who was um, oh. from a previous episode here, stand up comedian. She was in there doing sketches. They had like a big like gang of yeah. people doing sketches. And it was really weird and it was driven by YouTube popularity of certain people who were on it. And it right. kind of based off that and fed off that. They had a really good sketch about, it was, came out around Twilight was on. And the guy was like, you know, that I know why you're pale kind of thing. It was like, it's because you're Irish. He was like, <laughs> yeah, like Excellent. as a solid joke. Uh, but they had like weird bits like um, that I had to write tunes for, like the Opinion Panda, who was a panda who would come out and demand to be heard. Oh, and it was it was Dermot in a panda costume, and he was like, "I'm entitled to my opinion." Was his catchphrase? Right. It wasn't. It was weird and shambolic, and not necessarily like professional. But it was actually it was quite polished. But RTE were like, "No, <laughs> polish it no. up, make it more normal." Yeah, and it got more normal. It got slicker. It got more like a television show, but yeah. didn't do nothing for the ratings. Yeah, the weirder show was more popular with yeah. the actual people who were trying to watch it, but they just didn't want to do it. Same like the cafe, which was I remember the cafe had like yeah. had like fight like apes in a space the size of a box room playing, yeah. you know, but couldn't quite make it anarchic at the same time. They just making things anarchic is yeah. so challenging though. Like it's so mm. hard to really like. Did I ever tell you I was on one of these things? No. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to say this because I feel like some dickhead out there is going to find... If, <laughs> if you saw me, no, you didn't, is what I'm about to say before mm-hmm. I tell you this story. So, uh, many moons ago, I want to say I'm 13. I'm in school. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, am I older than that? Am I like 14 or 15? I think I'm in fourth year. Oh no. Okay. Oh, no, I am on a Saturday morning children's show on RTE. Mm -hmm. My class in the all-girls school have been offered to go and be in the studio audience of this unnamed, I can't remember the name of it, if you remember, now you don't, um, children's television show on RTE, which is, again, a studio set up, hosts, music, blah, blah, blah. I can Mm -hmm. remember nothing about it. It's about 17 years ago. We are promised that the other school that are in the audience are a boys' school. (laughs) Sure. We are 
fucking ready. They're like, oh, does anyone want to sign up to play one of the games? And I was like, bitch, I do. Let's go. Mm-hmm. My meet cues, you know? Hey, the other person signed up is going to be from the boys' school. We're like, yes, let's do this. Big day out. The boys' school are first years. The boys' school are children. The boys' school are children. It feels bad. I am now in a playing a relay race with a child who beats me. (laughs) He fucking (laughs) beats me. He won a phone. Oh my God. And when I was, the winner was announced, I'm standing next to this kid. I remember my mom playing it back for me. I rolled my eyes on national <laughs> television. My mother was just like, Sarah, would you not have even worn a bit of makeup? I was like, my fucking was wearing makeup. Um, I'm so, oh my God. Flocked today. I will say those first year boys were as terrified as you were disappointed. I was double his size. So, vertically. Like, yeah, I bet. You know, fucking lanky yoke and I, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I, yeah, we had to do like pop balloons and like eat things with our face and our hands. And I'm fucking so convinced he cheated, but he was a child. That was a fucking 12 year old. And we were so mad. We were so angry on the way out. We were all just like, we were told it was going to be boys. It was boys. It was just children boys. It was mm-hmm. shit show, disaster. I feel like I was given like, you know, a consolation prize of like a wallet I can't think of an, I actually am really glad that I can't think of the name of the show because I'm sure there's horrendous archive footage out there of this lurking oh it's, it exists for sure yeah it exists and that was the year I had a really really bad haircut doesn't matter point is I didn't know he was going to be a kid <laughs> I wouldn't have signed up if I'd have known it was going to be a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Kerry was on Echo Island, which I think is clout, you know. Mm, that was definitely clout. Cool. Uh, many, many moons ago. But that's, you know, not like... Yeah. Trick. I was on Pop TV in a Tower Rig on TG Carr. Oh, wow. Yeah. Waterford Energy. <laughs> that was... So that was a mix of live performances from local bands and then video requests. Nice. But they would make you cut down your song to 90 seconds. So we had to make a 90 second version of our song. Oh, and play cool. it as much as we could and then they asked her singer to request the next video but there was only just one video on the page she showed him and it was just You the Man by Richard Blackwood he's like yeah let's request You the Man by, you Richard. The Man by Richard Blackwood oh no <laughs> jeez yeah. man our, our, our stilted TV careers though mm-hmm. like I would still I, I think you know there's an ideal world in which we do a juvenilia in this context but oh yeah uh, and in this format, you know, but you I just, could do it, do it on YouTube. Um, like Alison Spilt did the Alison Spilt the show. Oh yeah, on yeah. YouTube. That was because I was one of the the uh, monologue writers on that. Oh way, cool. Yeah, so, so they actually with the Alison Spilt the show, it was really an attempt to kind of do that, but like growing up, like a kind of American style chat show, but like in the Workman's. Oh, with, I remember with this. Like a proper like, American style writing team for the monologue. Like Alison obviously writes all her own material, but for this. For topical jokes, I remember like, it was in the work. Five of us. So like, yeah, I, I think I went to a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it was like really fun. And it was anarchic because Alison has that. Alison has that energy. Mm-mm. You know, which is why RT won't give her anything. <laughs> <laughs> justice for Alison. Yeah, um, but it can it can happen. It's just it's it's it like it needs to prove itself in another channel first before it be let anywhere near TV. Kind of like lightning in a bottle as well. Mm. So, you know, like yeah. it really is hard to kind of, I think the creep dive has a lot of that, you know, 
like yeah. bottle stuff where it's just like really unmatched, uncommon chemistry, right time, right place, you know. Um mm. I would love I would love that for I would love that for us, you know, in terms of the hopes we have for twenty twenty one. Something I would like to do next year is see if we can just stick one out on Patreon to have people watch or get a small studio audience in or or do a a, a panel show even. Do you know like a juvenile like the way that we've done in our Christmas specials of years gone by yeah. is get a table, you know, get a bunch of people in to do like we often have said over the years we should do like a round table on a topic that isn't mm that's too big for one person now people i think the folks we've had in over the years who've done the big subjects have always done them justice mm. but like and i've always brought such every topic that i've said that's too big for one person to do has been blown out of the water like i remember being like oh my god how is one person going to do buffy and then kate Dolan came in and just nailed buffy do you know mm. what i mean so i think that there's we're always gonna like have single people who will be able to do justice things, but it's also a lot of crack to be had at a round table. So mm-hmm. simply doing it for just the vibe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, we miss, we miss people. Yeah. 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 We want to try, I mean, as many people as possible once this is all over. Oh my God. It's coming. Mm. Oh, I'm going to just, big bag of vaccine with the lads. <laughs> glug, glug. That'd be great. Uh, I, like, I've been in the toilet the new Tall Tale Studio twice. Yeah, same. I used to yeah. work in the Tall Tale Studio in the last office. Like, I yeah, literally the, worked there. There are people who work for Tall Tales now. I've never met them. I know. I'm so It's excited. weird. Hello to those people. Hello. We'll meet good. someday. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. sure I will be, like, giving you a load of stick soon when I find a way to wedge myself into that office. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, it's coming anyway, get, Yeah. We're getting way off topic, and we this are. is very impenetrable to people who are just listening to and your so it's SMTV. Christmas special. It's, it's Christmas yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't have any roses written though. Should we? Should we? Should we say let's wrap it up. then? Yeah, let's wrap yeah. it up and head over to Patreon to continue this. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so, we've nobody to thank for being here except us. So mm-hmm. thank you, Sarah. Thanks for, for being here, Al. Yeah. Uh, where can we find your stuff? Where are your zines? Oh, zines are on Patreon. Um, Patreon forward slash zine club. Don't know how I got that URL. Absolutely nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Gripsky and my books are available in all the bookstores. My novels are Spare and Ben Parts and Other Word for Smoke, which are both about growing up and monsters and everything that those two things intersect at. Um, what about you, Al? Um, I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Uh, this is the only thing I do for now. Um... I might start a, a guitar YouTube channel next year. Who knows? We're talking uh, about it. Enthusiasm. Yes. The guitar, the guitar YouTube ecosphere needs someone who can play guitar very well for, <laughs> for the rest it's of us. Time. Yeah. It's our time. Yeah. Someone who can just mess with pedals. Um, but yeah, that's not, that doesn't exist. Uh, Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Um, we have a Patreon. We're going to record an episode for that right now, essentially. About the things that got us through this year, primarily Hades, because uh, we did talk about having a Hades episode uh, in the last two episodes that we have a Hades episode up. So we're going to actually do that now. Uh, thank you, Dee McDonald, for our artwork. Thanks, Dee. Thank you to everybody at Tall Tales, the ones we've met and the ones we haven't met, especially Thanks, Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. And happy Christmas whenever you listen to this, and we'll see you next year. See you next year. And we'll hope you have the vaccine. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>